Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with myself, Wole, and the homie, Will T. We are part of Empire Media, and that's at empiremedia.com. What's good, Will T? Nothing much, man. Everything's copacetic on this end. You know, just waiting for the um, rest of the Washington football team uh, emails to drop, just so we can see, you know, what else what else is going on inside the organization. Oh man, you know it's you know you know this. You're talking. You're referring to the Jay Gruden, <clears throat> the John Gruden stuff. You do know that's like most of most of the NFL ownership and and whatnot. They talk dirty. You already know that, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Look, look, I, I'm not. Look, I, I try not. To put too much onus on a person's character, yeah, with regards to them, you know, sometimes playful or sometimes yeah, in the moments with their closest friends, yeah, I know, text bro. or email. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I mean, because look, that's what type of precedent do we set for everyone? Right? Exactly, bro. Facts. Sure that they're, facts. <laughs> they're texting emails that other people send to their friends, or you know, in their um group chats that mm-hmm. they wouldn't want the world to see yeah oh i agree man that's a whole you know what it's a whole it's wild because now it's like everything's open for interpretation like you know what i mean like as soon as you something leaks out it's like all right it is what it is because you're right we i'm not saying we we do it or anybody else in general does it but it is what it is you got a lot of you got a lot of stuff out there that you don't want out there that you stay because you think yeah. it's, in, it's, it's, it's in secret with your friends or whatnot yeah, and, and I'm not saying, you know, um, I don't condone do, you know, it. I don't do the racist thing. Yeah, yeah I'm not condoning the yeah. racism or the misogyny exactly. um, comments that he made. But I'm just saying, you know, sometimes uh, if people knew that possibly that their uh, conversation could be transcribed mm-hmm. for the public to see, you know, I think sometimes people would, wouldn't type the things that they type. So true. Definitely, totally agree. Hey, Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. I said race out too, right, Will? Just making sure that I said that too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. No, no, you didn't. All right, but, folks. Ray know, is I'm out today. Sure Ray is out today, and Will T will be out next week. So. You know, just let yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm tentatively. I'm tentatively. <laughs> I'm tentative. tentative no, right. I mean, look, if, 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 if you know, no, nah, I'm saying if there's nobody else to, you know. No, nah, bro, bro, no, you out. You, bro, you out next week. It's good. Don't worry about it. It's, it's, 
you know what I'm saying? Enjoy life. I'm a big believer in it. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the urban sports scene. All right, I'm going to say this before I do my read. I'm <laughs> dealing with some sinus allergy issues. Okay. So bear with me, people, you, if you man, hear me oh say my Oh, my God, bro. You good, man. <laughs> All right. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options and local news and health in the DMV region. Download Podcast DC app to hear all Empire shows as well as other great content. All right, bet. All right, don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Will T. Let's get into our tradition of pregame. All right, here we go. Here's what we have on tap. We'll recap the Washington football team losing to the New Orleans Saints 33-22 and their upcoming game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Sports Journey's Washington football team reporter Lake Lewis Jr. will join the show at 8.30. We'll recap Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, three. Tyson Fury knocked out Deontay Wilder in the 11th round. Women's boxing historian and author of a, of a history of women's boxing, Melissa Smith, will be on the show to discuss the fight. Then finally, we'll make our week 16 <clears throat> NFL picks. We're waiting on the homie Lake Lewis, but Will, we can talk about the game real quick before Lake Lewis jump, jumps on the show. So, Will T, what were you, when you, the Washington football team lost to the the Saints, 33-22. What were your thoughts on the game? Uh, first thought was, I told you this would happen. Uh, <laughs> second thought is, um, all we got to do, I told you. Big why are we doing I told you so? Like, why are we do? Oh, Lake's here now. Anyway. I don't know, man. I just, look, this, that's how I feel like Thank starting the, that's how I feel like starting our show off, man. All right. Um, so, hey, Lake, how you doing, brother? How you doing, Lake? Hey, what's going on? What's going, what's going on, homie? So, matter of fact, let me introduce the homie. Right now, we have former USA Today senior Washington football team reporter and current sports journeys Washington football team reporter Lake Lewis Jr. on the line. Lake, what's good, my dude? <laughs> hey, what's going on, fellas? Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff going on, man. Lots of stuff, <laughs> man. Absolutely. You know it, man. We got to talk about – well, I'm going to get into it because I'm, I'm going to go in. Uh, but uh, the Washington football team, again, <laughs> lost to the Saints, 33-22. Um, there were a lot of – supposedly there were a lot of opportunities slipped in this game by the Washington football team. Lake, do you feel the same? Yeah, of course. Mm. You know, um, Ron Rivera said yesterday that it came down to, you know, five plays on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe that, so yes. to speak, but – I do think that there definitely were a lot of plays that they that they did leave on off the board, and you know it's just it's one of these teams that right now, uh, you know, they're just they're not paint, mm-hmm. and I don't know where where the fault lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensively, they're able to move the ball, they're able to move the ball up and down the field. They just can't cash in in the red zone, mm-hmm. and then on defense, I mean, listen. I don't single players out and call guys out. But I do think that right now, fellas, uh-huh. you might have to start shuffling pieces around. No, go, go go back to some things that worked for you last Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, there's a little back. I'm hearing some pick. Will, you hearing the same thing on my end? 
Yeah, I've heard some static. Also. Yeah, like there's some static in your end. But I caught most of it though. I did catch most of it. So hey, hold, 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 hold on, real quick. No problem. Hold on, real quick. Nope. No problem. Okay. Well, yeah. Is that so, while Lake... Yeah, this is better. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go. Will T, go ahead. No, I, I was going to fill in while Lake uh, was in the process of um, you know doing whatever he needed to do, but it, it was so quickly. I, I was trying to avoid the dead air. Um, Shut up, man. I, I, I'll say this, um, <laughs> no, listen. That's that's what you taught me about this. About this. I did. I did tell you. I told you. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I did. You're right. You're right. All right, man. So <laughs> well, let me, Lake. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Rob Rivera alluded to the you know five plays here and there, but if you know if you're a, a discipline and, and I'm not going to say those five plays were fluke because you know some of them assignments were blown, guys didn't make the necessary effort <clears throat> to, you know, let's face the Hail Mary at the end of the first half to knock the ball down. Um, is what From your perspective, what is it that this team just isn't doing? Is it the execution? Is it the effort? Is it the scheme? What is it? Honestly, I think it's a little bit all of the above. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they are I'm not going to say they're not trying because clearly, clearly they are. You know, but when you see big plays week after week after week, with like, and it, it appears like minimal effort. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Hail Mary play, there was nobody there to knock the ball down. Um, but if someone says, nah, we were down there, well, nobody knocked the ball down. <laughs> so at that point, you start asking yourself, is it effort or is it just guys are, are have become robotic to the point where they're overthinking everything? Yeah. And I think that that might be the issue. They need to scale some things down, simplify what they're doing, and let guys play fast. Because right now they're they're just you can just see that they're timid. Yeah. You know, guys aren't able to just pin their ears back and play reckless, fast, abandoned football. I hate to bring this up on your show, but when you look at the Cowboys' defense, you got to bring yeah, bring them up. Yeah, they it's okay. Have, <laughs> yeah, they have playmakers. Mm-hmm. They have guys running the ball, doing things. And you can't tell me that they have supremely more talent than Washington's defense because they don't. Yeah. But what Dan Quinn is doing is he's letting guys play to their strengths. And and after a while, you have to ask yourself, is Jack Del Rio being stubborn? You know, is he stuck on, we got these four first-rounders on the defensive line, we don't need the blitz because those guys should be able to get to the get to the quarterback. Well, when they're not, guess what? The middle of that field is wide open. So I don't know exactly what's going on but i do know i can tell you guys this from talking to guys and these and these press conferences and things there's there's some there's a disconnect yeah and it's quite apparent and when you hear guys montez sweat said it chase dunk said it holcomb said it uh william jackson said it they also a man said we have to communicate better you know we have to trust each other which is saying they're not doing that yeah, that's that's coaching to me. That boils down to what are the coaches doing to get these guys to feel comfortable with each other. Yeah, and and, and I agree with that, like, and that's what the way I want to go with that in terms of like coaching, and because because you know we when we were together and we were doing like when Greg Moneski was around, you know that was a complaint too about not communicating, you know, on the back end and this that, and the other. The same thing is happening. So and we used to and folks we always to go in on Greg Minuski. Like basically like this coaching staff has been trash and it's putting bring out a trash product right now. So it gets to a point where you're looking at it like, you know, I'm sick you're sick of hearing about 
the potential of the defensive right. line or this, that, and the other. You know, I'm speaking for the fans out there. Like, they're sick of hearing it. And when you see this product, because right. it's a bad football team. Basically, this is what it is. Like, we got to stop sugarcoating stuff. This is a bad football team. The Hail Mary is an example. I watched it on TV, and I see, I saw it coming. Like, all the wide receivers were in position. No no DB was trying to get into position and knock the ball down. And, it, and again, they didn't even jump. So, now it's like it's, it's, it has to be into a process of coaching, getting your squad prepared, for Sundays, and they're not getting their teams, they're not getting this team prepared for Sunday. So, especially going back to what you were talking about, the back end not communicating, like this has been an issue for this team for like the last some odd, some odd years. When is Jack the Real going to be in a hot mm-hmm. seat? Like, when is that talk going to be happen? Because I know I'm not a fan of you know just you know last season had a good year. I'm not even a fan of kind of like running just like saying no, you know what, being instant like fire Jack the Real. But it gets to a point where you just mentioned. They have the talent on defense to be better. The Cowboys don't have the talent this team has on defense, but they're balling enough. This team is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Well, I will say this. Talk of firing. I think if you just look at it, that's that's, that's the premature thing. After five games. Yeah. Considering we saw that his did work last year. Yeah. They went out and upgraded, supposedly upgraded talent level on this defense, which should make them better, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you do have to take into consideration. You have different yes, East Damon Davis rookie still trying to find his way. Um, you know, you have an injury to John Boston. Mm-hmm. Wasn't wasn't starting any campfires, trust me, at the end of the day, he still was a veteran. Yeah. So now you think in the back end you have Bobby McCain, new person. I've been saying juice brick person. Um, you know, and, and, and I never thought I'd say this. They really missed Jimmy Moreland. Yeah. They missed him quite a bit. <laughs> you know. Um Ronald Darby, you know so you, you have you know, you have a lot of people in place that are, I guess to say, you know, just, just, uh, you know, different pieces. And I think how they're going to get all that stuff squared away. But time's running out, man, especially when you consider who's coming in the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Kansas City, yeah. they're going to be pissed off because they, they, they're not looking strong. So to me, this game, you know, that game might come down to who has the ball last, <laughs> you know. So it's going to be interesting, <laughs> man. But I, I don't think you can fire. I don't think you can fire Jack Del Rio. Yeah. That would be stupid, to be honest with you. Yeah. But if he if he's not adapting, then I put it this way, guys. Yeah. Give me till week. Give me till week ten. Mm-hmm. If this is still bad, they still giving up thirty points a game. Um, yeah, you might. It might need to be some grumblings at that point. All right. <clears throat> All right. Well, like, let's talk. Let's switch subjects um, about some other grumblings that came out that emerged um, from Washington football team, uh, specifically from their uh, investigation around their, the work, their workplace and work culture. Um, mm-hmm. John, John Gruden um, resigned uh, based off of some emails dating back to 2010. Uh, some correspondence that he sent to Bruce Allen, um, and there were additional people in those email chains. What can you tell us with regards to the Washington football places, 
Washington football teams, what 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 is their uh, their collective thought process thus far about these emails that have leaked, and will we will the public get an opportunity to see the rest of the emails that um six, the I believe it was like six hundred some odd emails that um that the league has. Yeah, six hundred fifty emails, and you know, that's sad to say, you know, all these things coming out still, but it doesn't surprise any of us, you know, at the end of the day. Um, I think the, the, the team situation is they're going to wait back. They're going to sit back and see because fortunately the new people in place weren't part of that, you know, so that's a good thing. You know, they're, they're, they're exonerated before it even starts. They weren't here when that happened. But that said, it's still a stain on the franchise. And if you're a new person, you know, you knew you were signing up for something that was bad, but maybe as each week goes by and the layers get peeled off and more and more stench there, they're thinking, and I know that in-house, somebody told me, I I didn't know it was going to be this bad. (laughs) So with all that said, um, you know, Ron Rivera said the other day to us that, the team put out a statement and that's all he kept saying. That's all he kept saying. That was about Ryan Vermillion, you know? So with something of this magnitude, the best thing for everybody at this point might be to just stay quiet <laughs> and just see how it plays out. Cause if you weren't part of it, you know, it's like if you guys get into some trouble, well, but this would be a bad analogy because you guys are boys, and I know you wouldn't snitch on each other. But... Nobody snitching. Nobody snitching. No, no snitching. Go down with the right, ship. Right. Go down with the right, ship. Right, right. But if, but if it's the ship that if it's the ship that was getting ready to hit that iceberg, you were never part of. You might just let it hit the iceberg, and you just watch sink. Finally, and I and I think that that's what I truly believe. That's what has to happen. I hate to say that because you guys know I don't, I don't like you know spew negativity. Yeah. But I think in, in order for you to truly have change, positive change, even if it's in society right now, mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to you've got to admit the past. You've got to admit to the faults of the past. And I think this organization, from ownership, has tried to you know sweep those things under under the carpet. And I said this on um, Reese Witherspoon today on his show on 9-8, mm. uh, which is the team's radio station. I said this. You you can't possibly tell me that Dan Snyder, a hands-on owner who was involved in the drafts, salary caps, you know, was one of the most visible owners. You would see him on the field pregame every game. He made a grand entrance, you know. You cannot tell me that he did not know this stuff was going on. <laughs> There's just no yeah. way yeah. that that's humanly possible because, like I said, we're not talking about this stuff was happening with a groundskeeper at FedEx Field or an administrator in the building that, you know, would never even get close to the wing of his office. We're talking about his right-hand man. <laughs> Come on, man. There's, mm. We're talking about the brother of his head coach. Mm. <laughs> so, as I said before, if those kind of emails were going out, receiving them because somebody has to have an audience to get that kind of email, you know? So the audience is just as guilty as the, as the, as the person that was sending them. And that to me is what needs to be put out there. And that needs to be put out there league wide. 
uh, there's other people out there that were involved in in these type of you know in the type of rhetoric that was being pushed out there. And let's face it, we need to know because those are possibly the reasons why a guy like Eric Bieniemy's never been hired as mm. a head coach. Well, so those are the type of things. Up, in, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, you bring up a, a lot of great points, and I would really love to delve deeper into this subject. But I know Wolay's going to kill me because he wants to stay on topic <laughs> about the upcoming game against Kansas City. But I have one more. I have I have one more question, follow up question for you. Mm-hmm. Taking everything, taking into consideration everything we've seen with this franchise over the past 24 months, um, from the suspension of the, I guess, head owner, um, Daniel Snyder, to last week to the um, to the rating of the uh, headquarters with respect to the head trainer, and now this, what will it take for this current regime? to regain the trust of their fans. And I'm not talking about just, you know, a, a winning season, right? That's the easy thing. What do you think what it would take for this for this current regime, you know, Jason Hill and Ron Rivera, to get the trust of these fans back as this team tries to gain momentum for a new stadium in the next couple of years? Well, I think, you know, Jason Wright and the folks, they're, they're... – they're doing some good things. They are. And I can tell you guys from being at the practices, mm-hmm. there's definitely a tight ship being ran from the product on the field. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's too tight. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. I'm, but I can say there definitely is some professionalism about their approach and how they practice. There's no, there's no Club J out there. They're getting <laughs> after it. You know, it's just that the, the results haven't transferred over to the field. And – and I think also fans needed to be a little bit more guarded in understanding that, yeah, they won the division last year, but the division was god awful, yeah. and it was they were seven and nine. Um, they showed progress though, and I think what a lot of people remember is that Tampa game where they battled Tom Brady and the Bucks tough, you know. So you felt like okay, they're ready to take that next step. But if you're not accustomed to winning and, and winning consistently. You don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So now they're fighting themselves to figure out how to be a good football team. But with all that said, as far as winning the fans' trust, first and foremost, winning cures everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you say that's the easy part, no, it's not. That's the hardest part. Yeah. <laughs> and they're showing you now they don't know how to win. So if you get some wins under your belt, you, you get people just kind of stand in your corner for you. And I think more people would say, uh, none of these folks were here when all that stuff was going on, and they would kind of—I don't want to say turn a blind eye to it because what's 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 being leaked back to the team is something that is horrible. It's 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 tragic type stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Anyway, with all that said, I think the other thing is just be transparent because clearly they're stuff that's going on where they're trying to be transparent with how they're promoting the product on the field, but there's some stuff that's not being transparent behind closed doors. Um, because when you, and that's the league's fault. That's not just necessarily a Washington football team problem. That's an NFL problem because how is it possible that in all of this stuff that, you know, these 650 pages of emails, you guys know it's way more stuff 
know, <laughs> yeah. way more, enough enough to probably make a a nice movie out of. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you get John Gruden, who comes from a family that's kind of revered around the league, you know, and you get him, and now he's collateral damage, <laughs> literally just by being associated and playing his role. But Bruce Allen didn't get in trouble. Dan Snyder didn't get in trouble. Larry Michael got a chance to walk away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, come on, man. <laughs> so true. That's not going. That's not going to play itself out this time. There's going to be some stuff going down, and the public is going to demand it. So you're not going to be able to skate on this one. And it could be so much so that you possibly could be looking at new ownership if mm. this if this really hits the road like I think a lot of us think it might. There definitely is momentum going that direction. Um, I totally think that that could happen uh, little by little. If it's a more, if they open up the the emails, I think that's definitely that's definitely something that's going to happen, to be honest with you. But uh, going to the Kansas City game, um, obviously mm-hmm. they're going against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, even this, they, I mean, they're, they're not, I believe they're like one and three so far. Are they one and three? Or is Kansas uh, City two, one and three? Uh, two, two, and, two, two, two and three. Two and three. Sorry, two and two three. three. Mm-hmm. They're two and three. So they're going to be angry. They're going to be angry. My point is going to be very, very angry, right, playing against Washington, a team that gives up big plays left and right. Why should fans watch this game? I'm Like, why? Because the <laughs> City defense might be worse. <laughs> <laughs> it might. Forget, forget them being mad and giving up big plays. Uh, Kansas City defense might give up big plays. We might have a game where both them jokers Throw for 500 yards, <laughs> and, I, and I literally mean Taylor Heineke might eclipse 350 yards passing this Sunday. Patrick uh, Mahomes probably will eclipse 400 yards. 400? Yeah, so, you think that's it? Yeah. You think, you think that's just that I mean, it? <laughs> 500. Well, listen, four, four, <laughs> 400 with uh, 400 with five touchdowns. I mean, that's okay, a lot. <laughs> okay. I, I get you. I get you. I'm about to yeah, say because. Uh, this ain't this ain't looking nice. If I'm a, I mean, I'm a Washington f- football team fan. But look at this matchup. We're talking about. We've already talked about how the the miscommunication in the back end. You're gonna have Cheetah come in town and a bunch of other fast characters. Pa- you, your pass rush isn't consistent. Let's keep it a buck. It isn't a cons- it isn't consistent. So now it's like you get to a point where you can get Pat Mahomes time with Cheetah running down the field, bruh. It's got the makings of a track meet. It does. Sure. It definitely and, does. And, 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 you know, I hate to say it, it just it doesn't bode well for Washington's defense. It but it doesn't bode well for Kansas City's defense either. Mm-hmm. And, and the one thing that no one's really talked, I mean, people talk about it, but it hasn't really been beat down a lot. Mm-hmm. This team needs to find out, and I keep saying this week after week, they have to find out what they can't. They're trying to be a finesse off. And when they run the ball, they actually start to get some momentum. Agreed. And then they get away from it. Yeah. And my thing is, if you ask me right now today, is Antonio Gibson a featured back? I'm not sure yet. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't think he's capable. I just don't know because yeah. they don't use him in that capacity. Mm-hmm. I need that man to get the ball 25 times a game, literally. Um, I'm talking on the front. Yeah. And then you know what he can do as far as pass catching. That might be the difference in this game on Sunday because whichever team can run the football, 
I'm willing to put five hundred dollars on it. You heard it right on your show. Five hundred. So you put five. Yeah. Okay. Whoever, whichever team has the most rushing yards, I guarantee a hundred percent they're gonna win the football game. Man, I guarantee. I'm willing to put. Damn, I'm a gambling dude. Folks know this in life. Um, I'm willing for five hundred <laughs> Kansas City for real, like to keep it a buck. But hey, I mean, if, if Washington could score, I mean, Scott Turner's Washington's offensive coordinator, so it is what it is. I mean, in terms of what you're talking about running football, and I, I mean, still on that. I, still on oh, bro, like I'm gonna always be on it. Like no one's gonna stop me. Everybody can say they scoring 30, 20. Y'all, y'all watch the same game. You just said something already about you. They run the football and they're doing well and they get away from it. I mean, who's your coordinator? They do. Yeah, you know who the coordinator is. That's all I'm gonna say, you know who the coordinator is. <laughs> hey, Lake man, thanks for being all my man. Before we let you go, let our listeners know what you have coming down the pike and how they can catch you on social media. Man, you know, I appreciate that, as always, coming on the show. Mm. And uh, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter, Lake Lewis, Instagram, Facebook, Lake Lewis Jr. You can go to sportsjourney.com. Got a lot of good stuff on there. And then my podcast is uh, the After Practice Podcast, doing really well on YouTube now. Kind of mm. switched it over to uh, all video, mm-hmm. you know, so doing well. And the next, uh, the latest one, I'm actually having it tonight, so it'll drop okay. in the morning, so... And yeah, we kind of going in on some things too. So oh, I, I love it. Hey, <laughs> yep. when you have your next live thing, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the building. I'm gonna take off and be in the building. Oh yeah, I got I got something coming up for that too. All right, let me know something bigger and better. All right, <laughs> you already know. All right, my man. Okay, I appreciate you guys. All I right. appreciate you. Appreciate you, Lake. Thank I you so much. Appreciate you, bro. All right, again, uh, I mean, again, hit up Lake on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Lake Lewis. Um, at Lake Lewis again. That's at Lake Lewis. All right, in an amazing fight. Fury knocked out Wilder again to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Women's boxing historian Melissa Smith, a.k.a. Girl Boxing, will join the show to talk about the fight after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. The ages. You dig? Deuces. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy. I mean, Ray Jeezy's out. Excuse me. What am I talking about? Ray Jeezy's out and myself, Will All right. I'm kind of of excited. That's why I kind of jumped the gun. So right now, we have women's boxing historian and author of A History of Women's Boxing, Melissa Smith on the line. She's widely known as boxing, I mean, girl boxing. What's up, Melissa? And welcome to the urban sports scene. Oh, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. It's really exciting. 
Oh, it's great to have you on. So, Melissa, before we get into, um, you know, Wilder Fury, can you tell us about, a little bit about your book? Because you're an author. We kinda, I'm kind of excited to hear about your book a little, a little bit about your book that you wrote. Absolutely. It's called A History of Women's Boxing. It is the first comprehensive history of the sport. It was published in 2014, and I'm currently working on a second edition awesome. uh, because a lot has happened between 2014 and 2021 in the sport. Um, I trace the history of the sport going back to really where boxing is. We know it started in England um, in the early 1720s with a man named James Figg who kind of came up with the real boxing concept of prize fighting. And women were contesting prize fighting then too. So um, their history never really appeared anywhere, although if you dig deep, you can find it. And it's been kind of cyclical in terms of whether it's been accepted or not never Mm -hmm. really even like now Mm -hmm. but um uh there have been periods of time even in uh, in england and then in the united states beginning in the 1880s where it was somewhat acceptable and by the 1890s there were even special gloves that were developed so that women could spar they were called pneumatic boxing gloves and you pump air in them so you could so yeah Women have been boxing a long time. <laughs> so who's your favorite all-time female boxer? Oh, I can't answer that one. I, I can say, um, I mean, that is just unfair. But what I can say is I have a top three. Okay. And uh, that would be uh, Christy Martin. Oh, she was awesome. Lucia huh? Riker and Ann Wolf. And Ann Wolf, you may know, because she's also an incredible trainer. Train. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, yeah. those three are in my top three, and I... I don't have any particular order because that that also it's so nuanced when you get to that. Um, just like in men's box, you, yeah. you know, you can say who are the greatest. Right, Melissa, have, you know. <laughs> Melissa, before we get into the fight, I also have one more question for you sure. because I did a little bit of research about you. Um, what, what what was your inspiration for writing the book, and when did that inspiration find you? Well, you know, I um, I go back way, way back because I always loved boxing. You know, when I was a little kid, I mean, I, I watched boxing. It was all about Muhammad Ali. Mm. I mean, I remember Cassius Clay. That's how old I am. <laughs> and that's how long I've been watching boxing. I used to watch ABC Wild World of Sports. Oh, and yeah. They used to have boxing all the time. Sure, yeah. you know? <laughs> Howard Cosell, you know, all of that. So I, I always had a love for the sport and my... And I have an uncle who taught my brother and I the old one-two, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud that I could turn a jab, you know. <laughs> because it just never, I didn't have the imagination, though, as a 12-year-old to think I can actually do that myself. You know, it was my brother could go box at the boys' club, but I couldn't go box at the girls' club, you know. So um, fast forward many, many years, boxing was always in my head. And then somewhere, you know, mid-90s, I, I walked myself into Gleason's gym and just started working out. Got myself an old-school trainer uh, named Johnny Greenwich, who he didn't even – he was so old-school, he didn't even use pads, right? <laughs> <laughs> he just hit a bag and, and slip rope and, and uh, get in the ring. Um, so I really got into it, and then I started to meet, you know, other women who were boxing – in the way that I was, which is just, you know, for fitness and because of sort of a, a way of really expressing themselves physically. Um, and then I started to meet women 
who actually were were professionals and amateur fighters. And that just gave, brought me to a whole new level. And then what boxing gave to me was sort of this sense that if I could box, if I could hit a, a heavy bag with a, with a jab, it, it extended my whole range of my own sense of safety and sense of being. Mm. And it also started to help me free up my own mind about a whole bunch of things, writing for one, um, and I, I, I count boxing as having inspired me to go back to college, finish oh, wow. my degree in my 50s. I then went and uh, got a master's degree and ended up doing my thesis on women's boxing as uh, in terms of what it means for ge- the gender binary, you know, mm. which is a whole way of saying you got men, you got women. Where does women's boxing fit in the middle of that? You know? Um, is it acceptable? Is women's boxing a sport or is it just boxing and men and women contest? So I teased that out. And out of that, I was actually approached by a publisher who said, wow, we like your work. Will you write a history of the sport? And I thought, dang, that's a great idea because when I was writing my thesis, there was really very little out there. Mm. So um, it became a two-year labor of love to write the book. Um, and to, you know, try to tease out where boxing occurred and its meaning. I, I tried to also put it in the context of not only boxing itself, but the greater uh, societal pressures on men and women at whatever period of time, whatever decade I was examining and where the sport lay. So, for instance, in the 90s, you know, it was all about boxer size, and that was acceptable, but women couldn't look too butch, mm. and they couldn't uh, have muscles, right? Because mm. there was a lot of argument about that. So each period has its own challenges, and then for women who were uh, trying to become professional in this sport, they also have to contend with issues such as not having any pay equity, not being, you know, even given the opportunity to have um, um, uh, promotion mm-hmm. um, and things of that nature. I mean, there were a period of ten, at least 10 years you couldn't even find women's boxing on television, although it existed in the 90s and the early 2000s. It just disappeared for about 10 years from 2005 to around 2015. So tried to tease out what some of that was about. And also you know, give a flavor of the women who were pivotal in making women's boxing what it is today in terms of the, the women who really fought so hard to become great fighters and to really push the envelope and push the window and say, hey, we're here and we're valid and we really do a great job. M- Melissa, you you said something that, um, that resonated with me, um, just kind of with, with regards to boxing, how it can inspire you. And for me, I think that all of us, you know, when we see a great fight like we saw on Saturday, um, all of us, it, it, it inspires or, or attaches to a piece of us because we all, you know, at moments in life, we all get knocked down. We pick ourselves up and we're able to mm. um, shake off the adversity and keep going. But Wilder Fury 3, um, what were your thoughts? Because, there, are, you know, the, I guess we, we live in a day and age where people, they instantly... Um, they have recency bias where they said that's one of the greatest fights ever. That's that's the best uh, trilogy fight ever. What were your what were your thoughts on um, Wilder Fury three this past Saturday? 
Well, I, I, I'm going to say, no, it wasn't the greatest fight that ever happened. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't the greatest trilogy that ever happened. It's the greatest trilogy now. Mm. But, you know, I remember guiding board. That, to me, was a much better trilogy. Absolutely. <laughs> much better boxing, <laughs> much better heart. And, 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 you know, there was so much more to sort of a complete understanding of boxing. I, look, for this fight, you've got two giants, right? Mm. Normal people. I mean, I'm 5'4", you know, and I'm shrinking. Right? <laughs> so, a 6'9 man who weighs 277 pounds, just, just like, I don't even know how to relate to that. You know, I'd have to stand on a ladder to get to his shoulder, never mind to his head. Okay, so, and, and Wilder's 6'7 and 238 or whatever the heck he was. So, that, that having been said, you know, we always, when we think of boxing, we think of heavyweights, right? We mm-hmm. don't think of heavyweights. We don't think of welterweights, even though we do, and we have great contests and everything else. But boxing is heavyweights. And, and certainly, you know, since, well, really, since forever, it's always about the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this was going to be a crazy fight. And, frankly, my impression of it was this was a fight where one of them could have died. Yeah, and if it was going to be anybody, it was going to be Deontay Wilder. Yeah. So there's a certain element of fear that was in everyone's heart watching that fight, and if it wasn't in your heart, then then you don't know shit about boxing. <laughs> so true. That was so it, true. You know, and and you and you and watching Wilder, I don't know. For me, from about the fourth, fifth round on, he was already. Dead tired. Yes, we said this. We said this in our. We were texting each other. We were saying the same thing during VR text. I was like, I don't know how long he's going to last. Just off of fatigue. Yeah, by the sixth <laughs> round, he's weaving. You know, mm-hmm. and to me, is he, he's still throwing bombs yeah. and stuff. But it's like muscle memory, mm-hmm. right? And, and then you know, it was the, the whole thing with the gloves. So he's wearing Everlast MX gloves, which are horsehair and foam which are like a puncher's glove, but mm-hmm. this is not a man that ever wore those gloves before. Mm-hmm. So you're like terrified he's breaking his hands every time he throws his right. Mm-hmm. I you know, come to find out, well, actually, yeah, he did like hurt his hand really badly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you got that going on. And then Tyson Fury, you know, okay, look, he's a giant. It's hard to hurt him, but when he went down in that uh, first fight in the 12th round mm-hmm. and got up, that was the most shocking thing that I ever saw in boxing. Mm-hmm. How did he get up? Right. Mm-hmm. So you got another man with heart, with ex- and as a heavyweight, not so much in this fight, but certainly in the second fight, he fights like a middleweight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's six nine inches. Mm-hmm. I think he was what two fifty then, yeah. whatever he was. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. fighting like a middleweight, right? He's slipping, he's moving. This fight, he was. He was fighting ugly until really the later, yeah. later rounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that first round, uh, Wilder came out. I'm a new person. I've got Malik Scott. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing all those jabs to the body. It really yep. um, shocked Fury, who was not fluid. He, it's like he forgot how to box. And that's the other thing, you know, just parenthetically. He came into that fight having had COVID not once but twice, right? So... We never knew really how affected he was by the illness. So he's coming in post-illness. Um, so there was 
for me, the fight was more about this, all of these outer, outside factors that were going to influence what happened in the ring because we know they both can kill each other mm-hmm. and they can both knock each other out, um, you know, like out of the ring out. Mm-hmm. And um, so there, to me, there was always that tension. And then from around the fourth round to the sixth, seventh round, you know, Wilder, you know, look, he, he put Fury down twice in the yeah. fourth, but he was still kind of weaving. And then from the seventh, it was like, how is he still up? Yes. How is he still Absolutely. up? And then, you know, he gets to the tenth round. He has that knock. He, he, he gets that knockdown and he gets up. It's like, how is he up? <laughs> that was crazy. And then that flurry at the end of the tenth round yeah. and he's like, what? and Fury's like, where the fuck is this coming from? <laughs> <laughs> Fury coming into the ring in the 11th ring. And here he is again. I, I keep saying this, and your, your audience is going to go, shut up about this. Ring. He's no. six foot nine, 277 <laughs> pounds, and he was leaping in with his jab. He was hopping. He was on his toes mm-hmm. in the 11th round with the jab. I was like, dang, he's going to win. He's going to win this round. There's no way he wasn't going to win that round. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and Wilder was on fumes. And the rest, we all know, he mm-hmm. knocked them down, knocked them out. Um, and, you know, it's, it's great he lived. Yeah. yeah. He, Melissa, he just, um, yeah. I, could sit, I could sit and talk to you all day about, you know, kind of. I can too. <laughs> the, the history and, the you know, the techniques, um, technique that was used in the, in, the, in the fight plan that was used by Deontay Wilder for this third fight versus Tyson Fury. But one of the things that, you know, I'm interested in knowing um, from your perspective is we take everything into consideration. Tyson Fury, his size, his boxing ability, um, you know, uh, his unique history with a guy who was an active lineal champion, taking time off away from the ring and then coming back um, to defend to defend his lineal championship. What do you think is next for this guy, for Tyson Fury? Because, you know, this is one of, this is one of those fights that, that potentially is a star-making fight, right? You know, I don't know how many people, we don't know the pay-per-view numbers as of today, but this, you know, people who tuned into that fight are probably got a sense that this guy, Tyson Fury, is a star. He's the next big thing in boxing. What do you think is next for him? Well, that's a really good question, and I have been thinking about it. You know, and I saw something that some piece today that you know Tyson Fury's father says he's got to fight Usyk. That's a good question. You know, because of because AJ Anthony Joshua lost to Usyk, the natural next person to fight is less the person. Right? I mean, maybe big in England, but. Uh, and maybe they, they make up enough money for that, but it doesn't really net Tyson Fury anything. So the next question is, does he become unified? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, does he become undisputed? And the only way to become undisputed is to fight Usyk. And, and that's an interesting fight because Usyk, we know, is a, is a really tremendous, um, boxer. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter that he's small, frankly. I agree. To me. 
I agree with you, Melissa. I agree with you what you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't matter that he's small. I think a lot of people want to use that, but he's so talented that he's talented. And and you know, look, he. I guess he'll have the rematch with Joshua if he if he beats Joshua again, then it's really solidified. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of his right to that and and his right to own uh, the heavyweight division. Mm -hmm. You know, to be the to be the number two because right now. that's, to my mind, it's close that he should be there. Yeah. Because, you know? um, and people forget, you know, why, uh, you know, he just is coming up into heavyweight. Yeah. So, but he's got remarkable talent. On mm-hmm. the other hand, he's not so young either. Mm-hmm. Neither Good of them point. Young. So, that that becomes a factor in terms of the timing. You know, if when it, when would he have another fight with AJ? Will, will that be in the spring? You know, how many months are going to pass for that? Mm-hmm. Fury needs some time to heal up and get his thing together. Is he going to need to have a mandatory for WBC? If after the AJ fight, is Yusuf going to need a mandatory? He's going to have three belts, right? Mm-hmm. So there's going to be all of that to work out. And then there's whether Tyson Fury really wants it. Mm. Point. And that's another whole question: Is he going to want to do this again? Yeah, because that or was a, was this enough? Yeah, because that definitely was a war. It definitely was a war. So I want to talk about you know it's, you you're talking about fury, and we all you know we're we're we're, creature, we're creatures of the moment, right? And you know that right, great absolutely. fight, the trilogy, whatnot. But at the end of the day, like we don't know. Like we we got him ranked the best heavyweight in the world right now, and I think that's that's the consensus, overall consensus thing. But you fought a guy in Deontay Wilder who we all know that he has electric power, but in terms of being a boxer, he's very limited. So you, that's though, that's the main, that's the pretty much him and Klitschko are the, are the individuals on that resume that he's beaten, but he's beaten Wilder three times. It's not any versatility in his opponents, right? In terms of the top tier heavyweights. Is it fair? Is it hard to really gauge how great Fury is because he beat Deontay three times? And the Klitschko, rather than seeing the, the like the overall in terms of fighting the overall the overall landscape of the heavyweight division, I, I think that's a great question, and I don't know that I have an answer okay. per se. I, I you know part of what greatness in fighting is, or in the heavyweight line, is okay. also you know the gift of the gap, right? Mm. Look at Muhammad Ali <laughs> yeah. as an example. <laughs> um, you know, he is, is self promotion and all the rest, and. Tyson Fury is really good at that. Yes. Um, and with AJ having lost, yes, there are people like Dylan White and, and folks like that, but I don't think I don't think they beat Fury. Not at all. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I don't know who his opponent would be. Mm-hmm. So, and is it someone else coming up? I really can't say. Music is certainly interesting. I wouldn't. I think he needs another two, probably at least fight AJ again, if yeah. not a second fight in heavyweights with big guys yeah. to understand what it is to fight in that division. It is different from where he's come from. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. size, it's weight. It's There are the nuances within that fight game that he'll have to sort out. And he's a brilliant fighter and, so I, I really don't know where it goes. Hmm. I know with Wilder, I wish he would retire. He probably won't, but I hope he does. Ooh. Okay. 
Because of the beating, I, right? Because it was, it was scary. Got, his, it was it, the second bad beating. Yeah, it was scary. And, um, it was. You mm-hmm. know, he was bleeding from his ear. He burst his eardrum. Mm-hmm. They kept him overnight in the hospital. Usually when a fighter comes in, they just send him home. But they kept him overnight. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of tests. I, we don't know really what came out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, his hand, well, you know, that happens in boxing. The question is, we don't know whether he needs surgery. We don't know all of those kinds of things. And it will be a while. And and Malik, you know, Scott is really protecting his fighter as mm-hmm. best he can. And he even said he needs a break from boxing for a while. He, oh, he shouldn't even talk to y'all. <laughs> no, I agree. I think he does need a break from boxing. So I'm going I'm to throw a fighter out there I was very impressed with that was on the card. Uh, Jared, um, Jared Anderson. That heavyweight, yeah. he looks really good. Like a boxer and at the heavyweight and at and and a heavyweight with some power and the skill of a like a, a middleweight boxer. He looked I was very impressed with him. Yeah, I agree. He he looked very good. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, and yeah, th- those guys though are really they need some more seasoning mm-hmm. in the division. They need to fight each other more, they need more exposure uh before they're really up to the Tyson. Definitely. So we'll We'll see. It's like he wasn't phenomenal enough mm-hmm. to be to fight Tyson. Yes, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I feel like in two to three, three, two to three years, I think he'll be he'll, he will be a problem. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, but Fury, you know, is he going to stay in that long? Yeah, Why? yeah, Why would he? that's you true. Know? That's so true. Um, and and you know, if you look at him again, he had COVID twice. We, we don't know what effect that has on a person. Mm-hmm. Which Will mentioned last show too, All right, right? Will, you didn't mention that last show about the COVID. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa, thanks for being on. We really appreciate. It. Let our can you let our listeners know how they can catch you on social media or which again what you have going on, just to remind sure, absolutely. them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Uh, so I, on on Twitter and Instagram, um, you can find me at Girl Boxing Now. Uh, I'm on Twitter a lot. I, I'm on both platforms a lot. I'm also um, I have a website called girlboxing.org. I do um, pieces, um, for, you know, every week or so on uh, some on women's boxing, some just on my own personal journey in the sport. I was trying to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have some physical movement in the world that can't COVID. And then um, I also have uh, other stuff that I'm doing. I co-host a, a, um, a weekly uh, radio show called, you know, uh, YouTube podcast called The War Room. Awesome. And just generally am around and, and having fun really um, being in the world of boxing. Oh, Melissa, we're going to have, we're definitely having you on again. I mean, you are awesome. I appreciate it. I mean, you are, you are amazing. I, I loved everything about you. I love everything about you already. <laughs> well, Melissa, thanks again. Appreciate you. Uh, we're we're going to have you on. I, I already know it. So it doesn't even, I'm going to okay, talk to you again. Cool. I'm going to talk to you All again. Right. <laughs> thanks again, Take Melissa. Care Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. All right. So, hey, Will, do you want to go to break or do you want to go right to the next the next topic. No, I mean, we can go. We can go into my alleged picks for week six. Your alleged picks for week six, my man. All right, so let's go right into it. We got to pick, pick six after week five. Here are our records in the football garbage time urban sports scene pick em challenge. Ray is 55 and 25. I'm 52 and 28. And Will T is 51 and 29. Here are our standings in the challenge. Ray is tied for first place with Hakun Wong from the football garbage time. I'm in third place. 
and uh, and Will is in fourth place. Will still the dude. He's still he's still the, he's still the homie. Will Will and I we're like dropping a little bit, but but we're gonna we'll come back up. We're gonna make it to well, Apple Sports see, Scene Top Three. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna tell what the public is. What the problem is, <laughs> Will T? Go ahead, tell them. Let, let them Once know. Once I started providing my picks <laughs> to everyone so they could see prior to you know the well, game starting. Yeah. That's when. Other people's records have started going okay. down. So I you mean, said, going up and mine has gone down. Conspiracy. Th- um, conspiracy. So, I feel you were right. There's no conspiracy. You're going back friend. to. This, are, is, this are, is an empirical <laughs> fact. This are you going back? Fact. My question is, are you going to go back to what you were doing before to see this? To do this I'm going back to what I know. Exactly. That's what I want to I'm know. going back to what I know. <laughs> not giving anyone my pick. Oh, man. Here we prior go. To the, prior to the game. Oh, so, man. Here we go. All right. Well, okay. So, well, let me let me make, let me finish it off by saying this. You can also check out our standings and picks on the Football Garbage Time website, which is www.footballgarbagetime.com. You can check out the Football Garbage Time podcast and all things NFL football there as well. All right. Here we go. First, one correction. One what's correction. Up? What's you up? can find our standings. You will not see my picks. You will not see Will T's picks. All right. Now, now here we go. All right. Buccaneers versus the Eagles. Why do I feel like this could be upset? Oh, I don't. Give me the Bucks. Uh, I feel like I want to pick the. I want to pick the. Uh, I feel like I want to pick the Eagles, uh, but I'm not going to. Uh, give me the Bucks as Buck as well. The Bucks as well. Dolphins, Jaguars, and all this is subject to change, right? Will T, am I correct? This is all subject to change. All right. Nothing is is set in stone. Just I got yet. you. I got you. To me. <laughs> right. um, this is an interesting one right here because yeah. um, the Dolphins have been slumping. And the Jaguars are a team that's well. They have a coach that's desperate for a win. I don't know if those if those players are going, are playing necessarily for him or trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. I think I'm not sure. I think that two is coming back. Uh, that game, I'm not sure, but I think that's it's a chance that he'll come back. Uh, Packers versus the Bears. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Bears. Really? Yeah, I'm shocked the world. The world, know what? I take that back. I'm no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to Bears. I'm going to leave you alone. No, I'm, I'm going to leave you on an island by yourself. No, I'm going to Packers. I take that back. I'm going to Packers. I think I picked that already. I'm going okay, to Packers. Yeah, I'm going with the Packers. Yeah, I think I'm Packers. I just don't think the Bears have enough offense. They don't. they got enough defense. They do. They just don't have enough offense. Yeah, they're going to need, Um, I think, I mean, he's been he's been good. He's been serviceable. I won't say he's been good, but Fields has been serviceable at the moment. Um, which is good for him. I think that if he's winning, keep him playing because he's still young and this is, this is going to help him out um, to be a better quarterback. Bengals versus the Lions. I'm going to Bengals. We're going to Bengals. Everybody, Bengals, or are you going to the Lions? Uh, Subject to change. Yeah, pick. I'm going to go for the Bengals. I, I, I'm going to go with the Bengals, but I hated it. I, well, not I hate. I, I love to see the passion from Dan Campbell up there after the tough loss. Yeah. He showed a lot of passion. Sunday. He a lot of passion. Yeah, a lot of passion. But so, I still think the Bengals yeah. get the W. Texas, Texans and Colts. Colts choked. They should have won that game. Which should have had me. But I have the Colts in this game. They choked. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Texans in this game. All right. Cool. All right. We'll got the Texans. Rams versus the Giants. And that's a subject to change when FYI. Rams versus the Giants. I'm going with the Rams. You're going with the... I'm going with the Rams. Both guys with the Rams. No Chief. Daniel Jones. Yeah. No... no no Saquon Barkley, no Kenny Galladay. Oh yeah, I didn't know they, they missing all that. They're, they're all they're all definitely gonna miss yep. the next game. Oh yes, yep. they they definitely catch yep. L's. All right, Chiefs, Washington. We're both going to Chiefs. Um, Chiefs. Yeah, we're both going to Chiefs. No, I don't know what Lake was talking about. There ain't gonna be no freaking. 
it ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be a close scoring match. I don't Whoever know. runs the ball, <laughs> man, whatever. <laughs> I love Lake, but whatever. <laughs> Vikings versus Panthers, man. Uh, I'm going with the. Ooh, this is a tough one, actually. Uh, I'm gonna go with the. Pan- Ooh, which one? I'm gonna go with the Panthers. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with. The, I'm gonna go with the Panthers because yeah. I, I just don't look. I think Kirk Cousins is one of those quarterbacks that's like mid tier. Yeah, I'm with if you. Everything goes right. You can win with him. Yeah. But when things start to break down, and I know the Panthers, their pass rush can get to to yeah. Kirk Cousins and make him uncomfortable. I'm going with the Panthers. Me too. I, I I'm with you, bro. Um, you just can't trust Kirk. <laughs> Chargers versus the Ravens, man. Lamar Jackson shutting everybody. Game of the week, right here. Yeah, it is. But that Lamar Jackson shutting everybody up. He's shutting everybody up. Can't throw the football. Forget y'all, man. F y'all. Like he doing it. He the he the, he 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 a top. He the he won the premier quarterbacks in this league. Period. Running and throwing the football. I'm going with the Chargers, though. I do like with I I just like the Chargers defense, and you know I like that boy Justin <laughs> Herbert. I love that boy, Justin. That's funny. You said all. You said I know all, all that, and I went the and other direction. Bro. The I know. <laughs> I'm dirty, dog. <laughs> I'm just That's saying. Hilarious. But I'm, going, no, I'm going with the Ravens. Ravens. I'm going with the Ravens. Yeah, I like the charge. Cause I like the charge defense more than like the Ravens defense. That's that's the, the main thing for real. I think it's gonna be a tough game though. Cardinals versus the Browns. Yeah, this is a tough one. I want to go with the Cardinals though. I'm gonna go with the Cardinals in this game. I uh, I know I shouldn't. But I'm gonna go with the Browns. Yeah, I mean the Browns I think are this top. Is the they're, game. Oh, they're good OBJ gets back on track. Man, he should have been like this dude. Don't know how to throw the football. I'm, I'm, damn near sure about that. Something, something, something's up with him, and OBJ, because he be open too, bro. I'm saying that because I, I have him on my fantasy football yeah. team. Hey, Raiders versus the Broncos. Um, oh, then they, they're oh, you give me the Broncos, Broncos bro. <laughs> give Broncos as well. Cowboys, no, what not? Give me the Raiders. They going ban. They going ban behind, behind a new situation, a new coach. I'm going with the Raiders, man. That's what I'm doing. I'm yeah, going good luck with that. One. I know Cowboys versus Patriots. You got the Cowboys. Oh, give me the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going to Patriots. That offense one. is too much. I know. I'm going to Patriots though. That offense is too much. My hate is back. I'm going with the Patriots. Come on, Bill Belichick. Take something away from 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 uh, what's his face. Take something away from De- uh, Dak. They, they they doing too much. Seahawks versus the Steelers. Ooh, this is a. Uh, this is one. Uh, oh, yeah, Steelers. Oh, this is an easy Steelers. Give me Steelers. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with the Steelers. Even, you know, even with a broken down Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. I do. I'm saying, folks, keep sleeping on Geno. Geno played well in relief. All right, Bills versus the Titans. I just think the Bills have too much offense for yeah, the Titans. I'm going with the Bills as well, bro. All right, man, time to wrap the show up. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. And, yeah, that, that, that is that right. And check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Empire Media at EmpireMedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all. The all of the Empire Media shows, as well as other great content. Will and I appreciate appreciate our guests for being on the show. We thank you all for listening. I want to thank again again. I want to thank Lake Lewis and uh, Melissa uh, Melissa Smith for being on the show. Man, they were dope. They all were dope. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. The ages, Yeti, Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie. <laughs>